This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I think that was a really good, like, an insightful back and forth, even if we agree to dis- Like, I hate agreeing to disagree because often it's done in ways that is stupid. But, uh, you know, I think I think that's a healthy agree to disagree. I don't disagree with anything. You, I don't like so yeah. just to be clear, I don't disagree with anything you said. I think it's just important to kind of provide maybe an alternative. You know what I mean? And like, do I agree with everything I'm saying? Like, probably not. But is it good to kind of walk that out? I, I think so. Just to kind of think yeah. about it in a different way, you know? No, I, I hear you. I, I hear you on that. Um, all right. How did Carson actually play on Sunday? Um, we know the we went through some of the goal line stuff, uh, or I went through it in depth yesterday on the show. Which is pretty um, cool, but, by the way. Did, is that up on YouTube still? Yes, it is up on YouTube. Cool. Um, so we, I basically screen recorded as I went and was able to circle some stuff. And hopefully we'll be able to do that with the podcast soon. Uh, we use a different recording platform than I use to record stuff for the show. But I think we should be able to figure that out. Um, so we'll talk to Matt and, and see if we can do that soon. Because uh, obviously Logan's doodles and circles and, and directions will be much better than mine. Uh, but if we look at Carson on the whole on the day, um, I didn't get a sense during the game that he played. Like he had obviously some fantastic throws, yeah. individual great plays that show the importance of shot plays, that show the importance of the big play. Um, the touchdowns, uh, plural to Diami, phenomenal, can't do it better. Um, but overall, how did he play on a, on a day where he puts up huge numbers, but they only score 17 points? Yeah, I think I think he played fine. I think the thing when that was frustrating when I watched it back is I felt like there was a couple, probably like seven to ten, like missed opportunities or things he didn't read right. And I think that um, that's significant over the course of a game. You know what I mean? Just missed opportunities, missed throws, like not getting, you know, kind of to Ron's point, like not fully immersed yet in what they're doing. And um that can be tough, you know, and I think the other thing that was kind of difficult for me to negotiate is like so much of the offense came in the two minute drive and some of it was so much of it was in shot plays in terms of sustaining offense. It was actually very little. And I think some of those mistakes kind of lead to that, you know, lead to those that lack of the ability to sustain the drive kind of thing. So, you know, I think um, I'd give him probably I don't like to give grades, but I think he did OK. And I think mm-hmm. there's always room for improvement, but that's how you feel as a former player, you know, and as a coach, like I coach now, like there's things he could have done better and there's things he did well. And um, it's about learning from those kind of missed opportunities and, and getting this team to a better spot. I think they'll have a really good opportunity to do that against Chicago this week because they play right. a similar defense. So it'll be good. Um, on the sustainability front, how much of this is like being in good plays, getting your eyes in the right place off the snap, like reading the right side of the field, 
Also, you know, if you want to touch on Scott's uh, game in here as well, I think that's relevant um, because, again, it felt like a game where there wasn't a ton of motion, not a ton of shifts. Um, they'd use it a couple or they, they use formations, obviously, a couple times. The second touchdown to Diami, um, they split Cole out uh, away and, and get a mantel and audible into it. And it's it's the perfect call and it's great execution. Um, so how how in that you know referendum on Carson, if you will, uh, did Scott do on Sunday? I think that's a tough thing is like when you look at some of these plays, it's like, gosh, like this is like this is open. This like this is where the ball should go. Like the pressures maybe a little bit in his face or like here's another shot play that they just miss out on. Right. Like later in the game, they ran, you know, the, the play to Diami where it's like uh, two in cuts to the left and then a post to the right. They ran that play again later in the game and Cam Sims is coming open on it and Carson takes a sack. And I kind of in my mind, I'm like, man, that's good process by Scott. Right. Protection breaks down. And then I'm also like, man, you know, I understand this is a tough play for Carson to make. But like right when you get to your back foot and you see this look like throw the football, you know what I mean? Like, I know it's tough. Yeah. Like, I'm, it's like it's like a like a difficulty eight out of ten. But sure. But like, like that's I mean, this goes back a little bit to our previous discussion, too, of like, well, what's yeah. what's the goal here? Like, right. At, you know, if things are exceptions, sure. But like most of the league is mediocre and average and the exceptions we're talking about are the ones that win football games and win right. Super Bowl. So how, what's to me, the standard is like, what's the exception. And I will say, I was actually going to ask this as a follow-up in general is Carson late a lot. And part of that might be him still learning the system, but like some of the goal line stuff where like yeah. the balls out as the receiver gets out of their cut, there is a window. They close like that, but it does feel like, there's some misses in this offense where Carson is just late to getting to what would otherwise be an open receiver. So it's really interesting you use the word late because sometimes I think he is late. I think like, um, and some, and sometimes I think he's too fast, which is going to sound crazy. So let's talk about mm -hmm. both. So there was a, um, like a dig, like they ran a lot of digs in this game, which is great because it was killing this Tampa two coverage they were running. It was so open. Right. And I feel like Carson is rushing to get the ball to certain play, like to, to certain routes, as opposed to like, Remember we talked about taking a hitch, like get to my drop, hitch, let it develop, see the window, and then throw to the spot, right? And there was probably, I want to say, two of those, three of those in the game. There's the, the post that I mentioned. There's um, kind of, a, I think, um, on the the um, the fourth and two, the fourth and five, whatever that was. The fourth, where they and, ran, four. Yeah. fourth and four, where they ran a concept where they're kind of running a pick route for Terry, and Carson tries to throw to Curtis, and Terry comes open off the pick like very nicely in a window there and just understanding that kind of like when that's going to happen. I think he rushes that sometimes. Right. And then you mentioned the goal line and I think it was the second play of, of the series. You know, they run a corner and a flat to the right and then they run like an over the ball by the tight end and then a dig by Dax. And the thing that stuck out to me about that is I felt like he was too fast. Right. Cause he's, he goes from corner to, to tight end to the dig and then he goes to the back and I'm like, man, it's drop eight. There's three rushers. The pocket's good. You can take a beat, right? Because the thing that's frustrating about that is someone attaches to the tight end. The dig comes open at the back line. He's still got to make the throw. There's a window there, right? And it's yeah, in the if line. If that's Jahan, he throws that ball, and, if it, and it's a touchdown. Commanders win. And so, and so to me, like for him just to go like literally like one, two, three, like that's a little too fast there for my, for my blood. Right. And then even on the last play of the game, like when he goes, he like, he like looks to the, does he look to the right? Even like it's just too fast to the back. Like that's the, that's the check down portion of that route concept where he throws the interception. Like you're, you are there too quickly for that to be effective. And the reason that comes open late is because you've looked to the right. 
you've looked at Terry over the ball, and now you're at the back, right? And it's drop eight. They're only rushing three people, right? So take a breath, man. You know what I mean? And so that's the type of stuff, like being a little bit slow on some of the other stuff and then being a little bit fast on some stuff. And I think like that's where, like to Ron's point, it, like there is a familiarity with the offense and a familiarity with the guys. Like, you know, knowing that Terry is going to come open on this dig and you can hit that for, for a strike. Like there was another play where they were running like a corner and a post to the left. He doesn't like it. And instead of going to the dig, he goes to the back and the dig is open with nobody around them. Right. And I think like, I look back to like Drew Brees, for example, and he made a killing just, he would just check it because he knew the coverage, check it and then throw the dig. And I'm like, man, that would have been a 25, 30 yard gain, maybe 40 yard gain because there's nobody around the guy. And so those are the types of things where you you see he's not totally immersed in what they're doing offensively. And I think that's where the struggle comes in. Because I the question was about Scott and like, do I find fault in some of Scott's plays? Yes. But then I see that stuff and I'm like, if he hits that, are we even having this conversation about Scott? Probably not, you know? And it's like, are there details that can be cleaned up? Always. But that's that's where I have this kind of, I'm, I'm of two minds. Like, are you putting Carson in the best position to be successful? And are and is Carson executing Scott's offense to a high level? And I don't know where the answer is because I see some of these plays and I'm like, man, like, that's a huge play. They missed this. And that happens with every game. So I don't want to sound like I'm being super nitpicky. But when the process isn't correct, I'm like, Carson can be better. I don't know. It, it's it's like, again, I, even right now, I'm kind of spinning my wheels. about. Yeah. It. Well, this gets to the question of like, can he, right? And I'm not yeah. saying that's a bit like harsh, but you know, Carson has all the physical tools to be the greatest quarterback ever, right? Like he's got the yeah. incredible arm. He's big. He's, you know, all the, he's somewhat mobile. It depends on the day. Um, he's, he's run a little bit more the past couple of days. He's obviously not as mobile as he was when he was younger, um, per, you know, pre-injuries and surgeries, et cetera. But, He's still got some some movement to him. He's hard to bring down in the pocket, all that stuff. But the the restriction is is up here. Like the restriction is, can he understand conceptually what is happening to be able to process it at the proper speed to understand that this route has to be thrown now, and this one he has I have to wait on to see how it develops. And if thing A doesn't happen, then I immediately go to thing B. And mm-hmm. like it's way easier to do sitting in these chairs. Yeah, obviously. I mean- Obviously, like that is, you know, I was thinking about all these different play calls and things that I would love at the goal line. And I'm like, oh, then about what about that? What about this detail? What about that? Oh, what if we did this? And it's like, Scott's got to make those calls like in, you know, in between the time the ref announces the penalty and that Carson gets to the line of scrimmage. Um, Now, you'd hope that some of that prep happens during the week. And I actually want to ask you about that um, coming up. But overall the speed at which all of this happens is very very fast mm-hmm. and the standard is that you have to be able to handle it and that that's where i don't have a great answer um to your question obviously but i wish i did but i think it's yeah. the right question is like are they putting carson in a position to succeed because they're handling or handing him things he can handle and he's not actually doing it or are they giving him stuff that works on paper that he actually can't handle and mm-hmm. that's part of the problem of why they're not having as good of games and as good of production and scoring as many points as they should based off the talent. Yeah. And I think like that's that, I mean, that's like you said, like the, that's the million dollar question. Like I was talking, talking to Grant earlier and Grant is, you know, super bright guy. And one of the things he said, and like, I totally agree with this is that like, it's never perfect. Quarterback play is never perfect. And so right. how, how much of this, like going through like a loss, for example, is us searching for perfect, you know? And I, that's where I've got to check myself too. And I'm like, Hey, like, is this, is this 
is, is this doable? Is this is this a physical thing that this quarterback can do? And I and I felt like in this game there was probably, like I said, seven to ten opportunities where that could have happened, right? But right. how compared to other compared to other quarterbacks, compared to other offenses, how real is that, right? So I think that's the thing that kind of sticks out to me is where is that line? That's why it's so unknowable. It's because like, am I being realistic with this? Like the post that he missed in the second half on play like thirty seven or thirty eight. Like I, I am acknowledging that's a tough throw. That's right. really hard to do, but also like he can do it. I've seen him do it. Right. And he just kind of second guesses himself for an instant and then it's gone and it's a sack. Right. So I think that's again, but and that, that would, that's an amazing play. Everyone goes crazy. And I understand that, but there's also other plays that are a little bit easier that he's missing on. Right. So it's like, and missing is just like not seeing it or kind of getting spooked or whatever it may be. Also, sometimes getting real heavy on his back foot and chucking it high. A couple yeah. of those in there, too. And and again, like, but no quarterback is perfect. No, they're not right. going to throw a perfect game. And so that's where I get on the fence about, like, is this is Scott asking him to do too much? Am I seeing these opportunities and saying yes when it really is kind of unrealistic? And um, I try to be as real as I can about it. Uh, but that's why this the answer to this question is so hard to figure out. Right. Um, I'm going to, well, I want to ask you this about the goal line sequence. Um, I'm going to save my super nerdy question because we were very long today because we had that great discussion off the top. Um, but goal line situation, like what'd you make of the play calls and, and their ability to succeed there? Um, I obviously talked a lot about this on the show yesterday. Um, but I want, I want your opinion on what you thought at the time and with chance to review what you, what you thought. Right. So I think, you know, obviously the first play calls mesh and, uh, you know, like we've talked a lot about how they like that. The they like that play a lot, like in certain situations or some variation of mesh, right? It doesn't always have to be mesh, but some variation of mesh. And so I'm okay with that. If you, if you feel like you want to know what they're doing and figure out what the, what the philosophy is, um, that's fine. Run mesh. Cause it's like, you're, it's like, you know, running stick or running some version of quick game that you feel really comfortable with. And Carson feels comfortable with great. Yeah. After that, um, real I, quick, just for folks that don't realize what happened on that play, Carson thought he had Cam Sims running on the back line of the end zone. And at the time that Carson lets go of the ball, Cam is actually on the, the proper side of the defender to potentially run down the back line and catch a jump ball. Cam stops, yeah. um, which I don't really, it's just like miscommunication. It's not like, I don't know if the Cam broke a cardinal rule. I think he was starting to like try to reopen the other direction, but that's why that ball is floated near the end line and almost picked. So yeah. it, it, people are trying to figure out where he was throwing. It, it's kind of easy to see on tape when you watch it back. Right. I, I thought for anyone who hadn't seen that yet, I would close that loop. So, right. No, no, for sure. So, and then, so they come out and they do, they play the Tampa two drop eight. If they do that and that's, that's what we get. I'm calling plays that I think are good versus that. Right. And so, Again, like you run a corner to the flat, you can argue that that's good versus cover two, right? Because you got a flat, someone holding the flat player, and then a one on one matchup on the corner with the safety. Okay. And then the dig to the backside. I like, I like that, you know, because you're getting a, a, a safety outside leverage and you're getting the, the mic matching the tight end. Mm. Throw that ball, right? So, again, like this is me kind of like talking myself into stuff, right? I say, once you know the coverage off that first right. one, then call a play you like. And I, do I like that play? Not necessarily, but do I see the value of it? Sure. Right. I think the next play is the one that gets a little weird to me, right? So you run, again, essentially something on the right side of the formation that could be good versus this coverage, which is this Tampa 2 coverage, right? So you get Cam Sims running like a vertical, basically, to uncover, like a, like a deep stop route. 
Right. And, it's kind of like a spacing or a version of a spacing concept. Yeah, but it's deeper. It's like in the end zone. Right. And I've seen that concept before and I don't hate it versus this, right? The the thing I hate though is like we've already talked about is I don't like how fast Carson is reading through his progression on the play before with the corner and the dig, right? And then I also don't really get why I can't like give give that dude who's six five on a linebacker an opportunity there, right? You've, so basically what they do is they're running two kind of space. I like how you describe that. It's two deep spacing concepts. The safety matches uh, Curtis on the outside. So mm-hmm. there's a window. Is it a tight window? Yeah, absolutely. Is it's there a red a zone. You're in the two-yard line. Of course it's right. a tight window. That's the throw, in my opinion. That's where the ball has got to go. And so, again, like when I look at stuff that's frustrating, I'm like, do I like these play calls? No, not necessarily. Like I would call something different. I'm from the West Coast offense. It's just a different deal, right? But do I see the value of them against this coverage? Yes, I do. Do I? The thing that I think falls down for me is like Carson ripping through this progression at a point where I'm like, does he even know like where the matchup is? Like that's how fast he's going through there. And he's not letting it marinate. He's not giving it time. Like, and I'm sure Scott, he's a smart dude. We've talked about this before. Like he understands it's drop eight. You got to take a little bit of a breath, right? To, to let everything kind of, um, settle right you're not getting a rush and so I think that's again like when I kind of point and say like Carson didn't he played okay but not great like those two plays really jump out to me as like may like give your give your guy a chance there in the context of the concept you know right. and like totally don't let totally. the moment be too big I get I don't I don't want to be I don't want to sound like I'm being critical but that that's like that to me encapsulates where Carson's shortcomings are like there are throws like that throughout the game that he doesn't hit. Right. And so it's like, it's just kind of captured there. Like, do I like, do I love the concept? No, but do I see why it's good versus that? Yes. And so sure. where's the execution, I guess, is the next thing I would say. Um, Yeah. And that's just so killer too. Cause uh, one thing that's gotten lost in all of this is they had another down. Yeah. Um, and on fourth down running the ball becomes a factor. Sure. So you can can something, and if all of a sudden they play that drop eight and give you two yards up the middle, like you can run straight ahead and see if you can get those two yards. Like there, I that was you know I well I'll save that for another day. Maybe no, we'll that, that, that's episode. a great point though. That's a fantastic point. Yeah. Oh, that, I was that's... gonna ask if you thought you could they could run it on first, like do something like that on first down, right? Like could you have canned to run on first down, and if you get the exact right look, be like. So uh, I'm just going to go for it, right? This is just going to be a long podcast today. It's a podcast. This is the beauty of it, right? Um, could you have gotten, and this is a situation you'd have had to practice. So this is going to take longer to explain than Scott would have been able to have. But if you practice this situation, theoretically, this would be possible. Or I guess, is it possible is what I'm asking. Let's say you have one word call at the, the goal line and it's Superman is your play, right? And to me, Superman is a fade to Cole Turner because he's very large. Um, <laughs> you go, Superman can duo. Right. And, right. you know, whatever they, however they do it. Like I think on J system, 12 was, you know, one side, 13 was the other. So sure. let's say, let's say it's, it's, uh, you know, Superman can 12 duo guys. If we run, if we go to the run and we don't get in line up again, we're running Superman. Mm. And that way you, cause part of the problem is you then waste it down with a spike if you don't get in, but if you can get back to the line of scrimmage and you fake, like we're fake spiking, like we're the whole thing, you know, you know, clock, 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 clock. That's how sometimes you catch defenses sleeping on that fade route. And so I, I actually like the more I say it out loud, the more I actually kind of like that. But you would have had to practice that exact situation to have everybody on the same page. 
obviously you're only then going to the handoff if you have like a vacant front and you feel like you can get that push. I also get not having a ton of faith in your interior offensive line because they weren't having a great day. But like from a time, whatever, you know, the ability to call that, get it right, everybody on the same page standpoint, is that something they could have done on first down with just 19 seconds left? Yeah, I mean, you have enough time to do it. It's just about like whether you feel you can get the execution done. Like it, it comes back to your point. Like how much have you repped that? How much have you talked about it? You're coming off of a penalty and then like did they had like a, I think they had a timeout. Didn't variable call a timeout to see how they were going to line up? Yes. Yeah, yeah so, they did. so they eventually did ultimately have a, a timeout that they could have talked that through. Right. So you could have talked through that. Um, I think the thing, again, I don't think there's a right answer here necessarily because there's just different ways to get there. I'm going to bet if I'm the coordinator on running four plays. Like, that's what I want to do. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, and I, I think the you. problem with running the ball on first down is that if I'm, def- if I'm Mike, if I'm Vrabel, I'm basically saying like every single human being jump on that pile if they don't get in. And right. let's take 15 seconds to get out of there. So right. when that happens, it's not that you, it's not that you can't stop the clock because you can, you have enough time. It's that you lose potentially two plays. Right. And if I'm betting percentages, I want the plays as opposed to like the perfect play call. You know what I mean? Agreed. And I think you bring up a great point, like on that fourth down. So, so the way that I'm familiar with beating drop eight is like the classic Tony Romo. Like you just sit back there, the rush kind of runs around you and then someone gets open late. Cause like no one's ready to cover for six seconds. I right. think that's where the value of that fourth down play is. Right. Is right. that right. you could have, it's, it's an untimed down essentially like go for it, you know? And I think that's what kills you. You know, that, that's what, that's why that's so disappointing. Uh, you know, I thought about also like if, cause he called timeout and he, and he, they came out in this spread formation, right? If you just said, screw it. And then got into like goal line and they're in 11 and just said, here, like, let's win the game on one play. We can get two yards versus 11 personnel versus your nickel. Right. Like that's what I, I was, I milled that over for a second when I saw that live. Uh, but again, there's a lot of risk there, right? Cause you're losing plays. Right. So I don't really have a problem with what Scott did. Um, I know a lot of people were like, just run the ball, win the game. Yeah, da, da, da. I, I don't I don't necessarily I, I think where I land is like I don't necessarily say run the ball. I do love a fade there. Like yeah, it, yeah. I but you got three different guys I love the fade to. I love it to Terry, I love it to Cam, I love it to to Curtis, uh or to Cole, I beg your yeah. pardon. Um I uh, and it's also a play that. in that situation where you have like a fade is the fastest play you can kind of run there. Like yeah. it's guaranteed to be three to four seconds. Yeah. One, two, three balls out. It's incomplete or it's touchdown and you win. And like, again, the lack of creativity, like I'm now I'm getting a little crazy, but like I'm coming out in like two by two and running a guy across and maybe even like then putting my back out in like the diamond formation. Like I'm throwing a bunch of eye candy over here to guarantee I get the one-on-one matchup for my fade route on the other side. Like, well, There's like, that's the kind of stuff that I feel like the best coaches do. And that like, again, everything Scott ran was solid, but there's no play that's like, oh yeah, we got him. I love this. So this is going to go win the game for us. Yeah. So I think that's the thing that I think I got to be aware of. Fans got to be aware of is you don't draw something up on the sideline. You just don't do it. It's that's the NFL. Like if you didn't put it in, in the week, it's not there. So I would assume they have a two a two point play, a couple two point right. plays. Right. And I'm surprised we didn't see those because I felt like we got right. a lot of base offense. Um right. and again, like the last two plays, I'm I'm okay with that. Like I think they're I think they're sure. they're reasonable. But um, you know, I didn't see a two point play. 
And I think that's right. the thing that kind of sticks out to you is like, or, you and know, it's what, hard to, to, in fairness to them, because they don't have the threat of run. So correct. like, they're not going to line up under center and like get any advantageous, anything out of that. Um, right. And that's, that, that's, that's why that situation maybe, is maybe just... that's why all their two point plays were out of, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, like they don't have anything that feels like, wow, they were so ready for this moment at the two yard line. And, uh, they just called some plays and, and we're kind of taking the, I think the percentages of if we get four shots at it, we'll get the two yards with one of these things. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, they got intercepted on third down and we'll never know what would have happened up before.